Get ready and tune into the Doctor's Guide Podcast, raw and unfiltered, a unique platform to help you optimize your health through dynamic role-playing, real-life challenges with expert guests and your host, Dr. Bart Rademacher. I'm Dr. Bart Rademacher, and this is the Doctor's Guide Podcast, bringing to you the insights that you're going to want to have so you can better navigate the challenging health situations that you might come across, or maybe somebody in your own family. Because here's the thing, you know, we don't exactly get this handbook as to how to optimize our health unless, you know, you're one of those people that you're a research nut and you're looking into this every single day. But even myself, there's so much I don't know and that I actually have to reach out to my colleagues out there or even the internet to figure out some things. But when you, you do reach out to the internet, you don't even get all the answers that you need to get. And even if you do use chat GPT, which is eh, quite a mind boggling concept that we have these days and, and a little frightening at times, but then again, maybe very useful. But here's the truth. You wanna reach out to those amazing human beings like Rob and Ben, both doctors in palliative care, and they'll explain to you what that is exactly because I'll mess it up, I'm sure. But here's the thing. You reach out to them to understand how to navigate this difficult process that they're going to share with you today. And this is the purpose of this podcast, to enlighten you with new insights and action steps in all areas of health optimization for yourself or for others you haven't quite figured out how to do. So it's not selling a product or it's not selling a person. It's selling a process of how we make decisions. And so how do we do that? Well, we're going to do it with, through role-playing. New concept on this podcast, you know, theme here, because most of the time we're just talking about stuff and it's kind of, you know, boring at times. But you can relate to these two guys, the two brilliant human beings that I just got to meet. And I'm honored to have them on my show today. And so I'm going to start off with them introducing themselves, then what role-playing they're going to be doing, and then we'll jump into about six minutes of role-playing, and then we're going to unpack it afterwards so that you leave this 25-minute podcast with some clear insights and action steps that you can take either for yourself or um, for someone else. And I just have to say, we just did one just right before this show, and it I had tears in my eyes. So I'm waiting to have that same effect once again. Now, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, then Rob, and then after that, we're going to go into the role plays. Ben, thank you for joining me today. Cool. Thank you, Bart, for having me. It's an honor to be here. I'm Ben Thompson. Uh, I am a palliative medicine doctor, division chief of hospice and palliative medicine uh, for Prisma Health in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, and uh, I'm thrilled to be here with Rob, who's one of my mentors. Sweet. Dr. Rob. Yes, hi there. I'm Rob Rizak. I'm a palliative medicine doc and internist out in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I'm a coaster, both East and West Coast, but uh, mostly East Coast. Uh, but I'm currently in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've had the privilege of uh, doing a lot of teaching, a lot of mentorship, being mentored by some amazing people. And I want to be able to pass that down to all my colleagues and, and, and friends. Well, both of you guys are extremely humble because I know there's a lot more to both of you. You both are giants in your own field. Uh, but more importantly, uh, the humanity that you bring to this world is just outstanding. And I really appreciate that from both of you. And so I'm honored that you're here on this podcast. 
Um, but just explain briefly what is uh, palliative care and versus hospice, because I think a lot of people get that confused. Good. Sure. So palliative care is a field of medicine that's appropriate for any patient and their family uh, who's experiencing a life-limiting illness, uh, whether it is heart failure or dementia or cancer that's spread at any point in that life-limiting illness. So it's not just a bunch of doctors that do palliative care, but our superpower is the interdisciplinary team that, that's comprised of nurses, chaplains, social workers, uh, physical and occupational therapists, speech therapists, music therapists, child life specialists. I could go on and on about all the members of our team, uh, but we really provide comprehensive support for the patient and their family and walk with them through their journey of serious illness. Uh, hospice is uh, different than palliative care in that it's a Medicare benefit that was designed for patients who have a life expectancy of six months or less if the disease uh, progresses according to its natural course. Uh, so that can provide in-home care, it can provide uh, inpatient hospice care for, for folks who have a very short time to live. Uh, but it's different, you know, our training in, is in hospice and palliative care together, but Rob and I are both uh, palliative care doctors. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. different. Go ahead, Rob. Uh, and I just want to add in: it turns out a lot of the data shows that when palliative care is involved, people live better and longer with it than without it. And the same holds true for hospice for people who are at the at the end of their lives. Yeah, so it's a really important element. And uh, for any of those listeners out there um, who are experiencing a family member at this time, uh, this it's really good to listen to these two gentlemen and um, and learn from this. And I know we're role playing, and so, but it's it's real stuff, it's real life, and I I want you to tap into their humanity, their empathy, because it's pretty incredible. All right, Ben, what's what's your role today? I'm going to be an internist who is dealing with a family that's causing me some significant emotional distress. And uh, I'm going to ask Rob, uh, a palliative care consultant at my hospital, for some help with managing uh, the care of this patient and their family. Right. All right. Go and for it. I oh. guess I guess if you're going to do that, I will be uh, focused focus a lot of my attention on you because, as a palliative care physician or, or even uh, a provider. Uh, my goal is not only take care of our patients and their families, but also take care of our care teams. All right, go, go for it. Hey, Rob, uh, do you have a second? I, I could really, I'd love to pick your brain about something. Sure, Ben, too. Do you, you look exhausted. What's going on? And it's just, it's this case. I've been working with this patient for the last couple of weeks and It's, he just reminds me so much of my dad. Mm. And, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, when my dad was, was dealing with heart failure and he was going through this, this journey, I just, I see him in the hospital bed when I'm talking to this guy. I mean, he likes the same movies. He and his wife have the same quibbles that my parents have. And I just... 
I, mean, I just feel so close to it and I want to do the best job I can for them. Uh, but every time that he says he wouldn't want CPR or he wouldn't want advanced therapies, I just, I feel like I can't approve of that. I feel like I need to hold on to him. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so hard. I mean, seeing your family through your patients, I can, that's, that's so tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I know we, we learn about like transference and countertransference and like, I know all of these things exist, but um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I don't know if I'm really providing them the best care anymore. Oh, wow. wow. So maybe, maybe we can start on, you have time right now to uh, talk about some yeah. of this stuff? Yeah, or, if you do. Yeah, that'd be really sure. helpful. I'm happy to make some time. Um, so how are you, how have you been coping with, with this? Um, well, I'm, I'm doing my normal stuff. I'm spending time with my family. I posted about it in the Hospice and Palliative Medicine self-care forum um, and got some really good advice from some folks. You know, I wanted to talk to you about it. Sure. Uh, sure. But now I'm just, I don't know. And, and so first, a couple of things about your dad. What are, what are some things that you remember about your dad that bring a smile to your face? Um, he, he used to play the Temptation Psychedelic Shack album, just on repeat, okay. and just loved it. You know, from from the knock at the door and the creak that that opens the album all the way through the end. Uh, I just remember even being a young man and shooting pool in our basement, and listening to that album with him. It's kind of a part of part of our history. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he taught me how to throw a frisbee, and that's always been a big thing for me, and a yeah. very active guy. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And, and what else did you appreciate about your dad? When you think about your dad, what do you think about? Um, man, just his his love of adventure. You know, he's active, he's outgoing. He always had a plan for some adventure we could go on, something we could get into, whether it's driving four hours to the beach or, you know, driving an hour to a cornfield or just walking around our neighborhood looking for something on a treasure map that he made. Mm -hmm. well, sounds like you had some wonderful memories with him. I really did. I really did. Before he got sick. Yeah. And so if he could be here right now, what were what would be some of the things you'd want to say to him? Well, I mean, he may tell me that it's not about me. He may tell me it's about the patient. Mm -hmm. uh, we have this joke that's way too explicit for me to tell you right now, but it involved waving his hands in the air and saying, get over it with some uh, expletives afterwards. <laughs> and and uh, so he'd probably say something like that, like, listen, it's not me, quit, you know, stop, stop whining and just do your job. Just be there for this guy because he needs you like I would have needed you. Mm 
Okay. All right. And so as you think about these experiences with this patient and family, what are some things you do to sort of take time for yourself? You mentioned you spent some time with your family. You've been posting yeah. on the HPM site. Yeah. Uh, what are what are some immediate things that you do uh, to sort of help you um, cope with what's happening? Well, we have a, a really good employee assistance program, sort of like a, like a, a self-care check-in with staff psychologists in my hospital. I haven't called them yet for this case because it's so fresh, yeah. but typically I'd reach out to them. Okay. Um, and, you know, I like to go for runs and uh, spend time talking to my wife about the hard cases. And were, have you been able to do this, do that for this patient or no? You, you know, it's it's kind of been a, a mess of things recently. My wife's been traveling. The weather's been bad. I've had to watch the kids so I couldn't run. And I had to get home so I couldn't go to the, the employee assistance program. So I've just kind of all my my normal uh, coping mechanisms have just been cut off at the knees. Okay, hey, we have half, half a minute left, guys. Okay, and so, uh, and what time do the kids wake up? Like seven. Okay. And what time do you wake up? Like five. Okay. Wow, you've got two hours. Yeah, I guess you're right. So maybe I could do something with that time. Maybe not outside, but maybe I'll find a friend that's that's awake at that time that I could call or see if psychology today could direct me to someone maybe that could meet me at that time. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, ben, what was that for you and where were you coming from? Um, during the last break that we had where we were debriefing from our first case, we were talking about the emotional burden of the work that we do. Uh, our field of, of palliative medicine we, we saw a lot of burnout during the pandemic when the workloads increased to a point that was almost unsustainable, where you had doctors who were, uh, who were, were getting emergency uh, certified in certain states that they could provide telemedicine in New York for, for COVID, for patients with COVID. Uh, so I, I think just recognizing how much emotional fatigue can occur in our field and what the what the the boundary of healthy emotional attachment and unhealthy pathologic or destructive emotional experiences can be i think it's something important to highlight so just grateful for the opportunity to do so rob <clears throat> yeah i mean i i think as uh as ben was talking about his about his patient and, and the memory of his dad. Now he wanted to be able to sort of connect it at the same time, sort of bring back his dad to the picture to uh, for the positive memories to come back, right? So he gets some of that. And at the same time, help him uh, find tools for um, to be able to process um, or some helpful tools that he usually goes to uh, to be able to process. Um, uh, 
did you want to say something, Ben? Yeah, Bart, I did. That I don't know if, if anyone listening or, or playing along with this this uh, role play. I would say for most people, myself included, it doesn't feel like the natural thing to do to say, hey, I'm having problems because this patient reminds me of my dad. And Rob's response is, well, tell me about your dad, right? You know, it would be a lot easier to deflect and say, oh, that sounds terrible. How are you coping, right? But Rob took that such a helpful and, you know, evidence-based and uh, specialist level step to bring the memory of my dad back into the, the vignette to, to help me process it. But it, I don't know if, if anyone felt that during the time that Rob was speaking, but it's not, at least for me, that's not the, the natural uh, direction that I would take that conversation. But I think it's so, so helpful. So that, so that was unexpected for you. Uh, well, I know Rob, and I know he's a very good palliative care doctor, so nothing surprises me when it comes okay. to him. Um, I, I just want to commend both of you. Um, well, I'm gonna let, did you want to say something, Rob, before I... I just my... have one, one, last, one last comment. I mean, I, I think as we have these interactions with either patients, their families, or a lot of our colleagues is, you know, the Brene Brown saying, uh, being curious. Um, and so I think curiosity is something that um, has really helped me, uh, both in my career and my personal life. And it's something that I sort of want to be able to carry on and help people re recall and remember. Well, I, I really, from the deepest part of my heart, want to commend both of you um, for what you shared with us today. It's very real. And it's a part that I think a lot of people don't even recognize or realize is actually happening. And what you both did is, is quite remarkable. First of all, Ben, um, choosing to reach out, but choosing to you know have the awareness of what's really going in. And so that people also recognize, you know, it, it, it's a tough job. It is a really incredibly tough job to do what it is that you do. In fact, for most uh, MDs, by the way, um, to do what you do and then at the same time hold this mask of complete empowerment so that you don't freak out your the family or the patients. I mean, it's if there's a there's a, a tremendous duality here. Um, and sometimes it's it's I think some docs may have a hard time understanding the that those nuances and then either go too far one way or another. And so what you've done, I mean, you've embodied the absolute best in the, the humanity of physicians, in my opinion, by, by being vulnerable on the one hand, by recognizing where you're at, go reaching out for help, because what you're, you're no more or less human than anybody else. And you have the same things going on, except for one thing. You've chosen to take this incredible task to, to help others where most people would just run away. And then you, Rob, uh, oh, that was beautiful what you did there. And, and I love the fact how you were able to beautifully pivot the focus of where he was at. And rather than telling him what to do, you got him out uh, through this, you know, the questioning, the curiosity in such a beautiful way. And, and you could feel it. You could see it and feel it and hear it. And Ben, how he, he was actually relating to his dad. That was such a beautiful thing. And, and so, again, the reason for this role playing is for people then to not just hear it, but actually be part of the experience 
of of real life. And some people may say, well, this is ridiculous. This is silly. Why are you doing this? You're triggering me. No, this is part of helping people see what's real. It's not fabricated. These two gentlemen are so incredibly real, so incredibly beautiful and vulnerable at the same time. Um, I'm going to leave you a few more minutes to share anything you want to share before we wrap it up. We have about five minutes left. Yeah, I mean, so I, I want to reiterate what Ben is saying. And it's not just palliative care doctors. Our, our nursing staff, they are burned out. Like many have left the field, right? We, there's a shortage of nurses, shortage of doctors, shortage of like respiratory therapists, you name it. Um, and so we need... And so we need to figure out ways to be able to care for ourselves and our colleagues so that we don't leave and, and do it in real time and, and in ways that are helpful and not harmful. They don't they don't need some more pizza. You know. Ben? Yeah. Um the 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 problem of bar burnout is not solved by another pizza party. Absolutely. Um I think what you said, uh, the, the most important thing, Bart, is, is knowing when it's important to reach out, knowing when you're at a point where maybe you're not being as effective as you need to be for your patients, right? We, we've taken an oath as doctors to do no harm, but if, if there's something that's compromising our clinical judgment, whether it's alcohol or drugs, whether it's some other type of addiction, whether it's um, something personal, whether it's something about the patient and you're not providing them the best care possible, you need to reflect and say, what can I do to take better care of, of these patients? No, and I, and having, having a palliative care team, uh, having, having doctors like Rob that you can call and say, hey, Rob, having a hard time, help me, you know, walk me through this is, is vital. And, and I think that goes for everyone you know, is, is first of all, taking ownership and it begins with awareness. And then as Rob was saying, you know, having the curiosity rather than judgment and then, you know, figure out, you know, what, what what's going on here um, and letting the other person share. I mean, and you did that so nicely, uh, Rob, you know, without, without leading questions, right. Which is an open-ended question. So like, what's going on, you know, who, what did you like to do with your dad? That kind of stuff. And it, it allows people to settle in, what's really going on because you're both all right there's tremendous amount of burnout ptsd doctors are leaving uh, i think the statistics show that by 2030 we'll be short of 100,000 doctors and people are only getting sicker and sicker and sicker and so it's a matter of us getting uh, ownership um i know our time is short so i want to start off with you ben how do people find you and and one final comment or statement that you'd like to make if you're a medical trainee one thing you'll hear me say is an old an old uh, newspaper or, or journalistic uh, idiom is, you know, what was the name of the dog? Right. It's that that curiosity. Oh, I love walking my dog every day. Don't leave it there. Find out the name of the dog. Find out where you like to walk the dog. Right. Get that type of curiosity. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben W. Thompson. I also run a free online uh, virtual didactics called Hospice and Palliative Care Virtual Didactics, which you can find at hapcvirtualdidactics.com. Thank you. Dr. Rob? Yes, uh, Rob Rizak. You can find me on Rob Rizak. Uh, that is uh, on Twitter at R-A-B-R-A-Z-Z-A-K. 
And the big takeaway is think about how you want to be cared for and, and just focus on being curious, uh, being inquisitive and non-judgment. I think those are, and having true presence where you're not just looking on your watch or looking at your phone while you're communicating to really be present. So I want to thank you both. Um, you're showing the humanity that you have that I think oftentimes uh, patients and families don't quite recognize um, and rec recognize that you have, you know, serious responsibilities. Um, you have to show up in a certain way. You have to exude confidence. But behind that is this beautiful humanity. And I would say, you know, most if not all docs have that. And unfortunately, you know, patients don't always get to see that part and they're judgmental, but it's all understandable because it's really tough situations. And so I like to wrap it up by saying, you know, my name is Dr. Bart Rademacher. I've been on this mission. I'm very passionate about uh, helping people get access to health optimization, making it easy, making it available, making it affordable. And it's all about understanding that process and ownership as to how you can optimize your health. And so uh, be ready for a lot of really cool things. And uh, this is real life. And these are real problems. And um, I don't want to suggest anything except for this, that there are many options out there. There are many solutions out there. It's a matter of finding them. And if I can help you um, get access to incredible people like uh, Rob and Ben so that you can optimize your health with all the amazing solutions out there, as I curate them, educate you, and guide you, including my doctor colleagues out there, then that's a win for me, even if it's just one person. And if we all did that, if we all did took care of one person that way, then our health in this country would be so much better. Because right now, I would say we're spending $4 trillion a year on a 90% um, on chronic illness, and 50% of our population is chronically ill. We got to change that. And so I know with your help, we will. Thank you, and we'll be back. Thank you for listening to The Doctor's Guide, an innovative approach to help you navigate the complexities of your health journey with Dr. Bart Rademacher and his expert guests. Tune in to more insights and action steps in our next episode every weekday at 6 p.m. Eastern 